You're listening to Last Word Soccer Club Radio. Only here, Last Word on Sports.com. What's up, Internet? Welcome to another edition of the Last Word Soccer Club Radio podcast. We are coming off you hot on the heels of Decision Day. Hearing my voice usually means it's an all-NWSL show, but that's not the case tonight. Tonight we are joined for MLS Talk um, and and pretty much MLS Talk only. Um, the, boys, the boys did a really nice job um, covering a difficult conversation about the Sally Yates report last week, so... Um, to the guys, give you a lot of credit for taking that one, saying everything that I would have said, um, and just going through, working through a very difficult um, story. Um, but I'm not here alone, of course. I'm Rachel Kruger, but I have two of my right-hand men with me coming at you from New York. The New York Red Bulls are indeed in the MLS Cup playoffs, unlike my Seattle Sounders. I will cry about it later, but Harvey Cruz, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing very good. I was, I was at the game. I was my dog scares the mess out of me. I was at the game yesterday, and it was a fun one. It it is kind of weird when there's like nothing on the line when you watch these games. But I will say, um, real quick, shout out to the Charlotte fans who were around me in my seats. They were chanting along with their team, although they were very upset that Danny Rios could not do anything up front. Um, and they actually liked uh. My shoes that I bought, in case you haven't noticed, Adidas uh, released uh, some pairs of the new uh, Copa shoes. Um, Red Bull have one of their own, so I bought that. And because it was Supporters Day yesterday at the game Sunday, I, I splurged a little bit, so I had to do that. But um, beside the point, uh, Metro playoff fever is back, uh, which can only mean uh, good and bad things. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for it, and I can't wait to see it all unfold. I think I might have to name the episode Metro Playoff Fever is back. Oh, no. Um, no, dude, that's awesome. I've never heard that before. That's amazing. Um, over across the pond, Jamie Rook, uh, also with me lamenting the fact that our teams did not make MLS Cup playoffs, but we are excited nonetheless. Right, Jamie? Yeah, exactly. I think, especially for New England, after such a good uh, 2021 to, to flop as the way they have has been very disappointing, but almost some excitement there getting to watch the playoffs as a complete neutral and just look forward to some good games hopefully i need more excitement from jamie right now because if i'm correct he's a, a plymouth fan and his argos have been top top of the league in league one and they, they haven't lost since august so i need more excitement from him i am i, I am very excited about that i won't lie it's, it's going well <laughs> i'm waiting for the slip up because it's oh. we're definitely punching above our weight but um Got a TV game coming up against our rivals, Exeter City, as well. So, so all's going well down in Devon. Good stuff, gentlemen. And uh, Jamie Rook, who met uh, Lindsay Horan uh, this week on the in the streets of London. Um, of course, the U.S. Women's National Team played England. Jamie, y'all got the win, two to one at Wembley. But what a game! Uh, it was over. I think it was over 76,000 fans uh, um, that were there, and it was a great atmosphere tomorrow. Um, well, time of recording. We're recording this late on a, on Monday night, um, but they play on Tuesday at, I think it's like 3 o'clock against Spain. Obviously, a lot of stuff going on there with the Spanish Federation um, and, and a boatload of their players basically calling out the Federation and calling out their coach and, and the coach not willing and able to step down, so... A lot of stuff to to tune in there. Of course, as we all know, the U.S. Women's National Team just signed their equal pay lawsuit, so Spain is um, is trying to follow in their footsteps for sure. But but gentlemen, we have to talk about MLS Decision Day. Uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna read all of the results, but we're gonna talk about the ones um, the ones that really mattered, um, and those are the fact that in the Western Conference, Portland is out. Guys, I, I got to admit. Uh, I, I have my boyfriend in the room. We're recording the podcast, and I made him do all the math. 
for how in the world does Portland not get into the playoffs? If Seattle's not going to make it, you know what? That's okay. I mean, it's not okay, but like we won CCL still, but it would be really nice to not see Portland make it. Um, And so I was working and he was texting me updates and, you know, after work, I was like, well, did they do it? And, and he was, he just was like, yeah, they did it. And so Portland is out. RSL Minnesota uh, in gentlemen. Uh, what do you guys think about that? What do you think about how the West shaped out to be? Um, of course, LAFC uh, winning the top spot um, and they won the shield, right? Yeah. The LAFC, LAFC won the shield. Um, what do you guys think about how the West has shaped out? Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of how, how I kind of expected. The real bummer was, was Portland not showing up. Um, I'm a big Dev, uh, Savarisi fan just because of his days from Metro Stars. But the fact that that team did not show up in any capacity to play against an RSL team that was just simply better on the night, um, they are they really made that, 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 that home field a real home field advantage. It's for them to pull out three, one win, and just cruise on by. By Portland is a real good thing. Um, but thankfully, uh, Minnesota got in because I get to see more of Emmanuel Reynoso. And Adrian Heath and his tactics in the playoffs. Um, I believe the best seven teams in the West made it into the playoffs. And I am glad it shook out this way. Yeah, no. Oh, sorry, sorry, Jamie. Uh, not much more for me to add there, really. Yeah, it was for like every year, although the playoffs is the main highlight, decision day does always deliver. And I think both in the East and the West, it was... A very exciting day. A lot of good games played out. I think my eyes, as well as obviously on the RSL game, was on the Minnesota game against the Whitecaps. And um, yeah, as as Harvey mentioned, um, any chance to see Reynoso play, especially in postseason football, no one's going to complain about that. So yeah, for the West Western Conference definitely shaped out how how some people would have expected. Although at the start of the season, Seattle and Portland missing out would have been a shock. So quite something. Yeah, I, I obviously I agree with that. Seattle making the playoffs every single year, losing out. I, I the the hill was super super tall for Vancouver to climb, but I give them a lot of credit. I think they I think they finished or went into decision day with like a negative fourteen or fifteen goal differential, so they were kind of they were really on the outside looking in basically. Um, but the mountain was just too cl- too tall for them to climb. But uh, three to one for the uh, Real Salt Lake against Portland Timbers and 2-0 for Minnesota um, against those Vancouver Whitecaps. And over in the East, you guys are Eastern Conference guys. Um, We've got Orlando and Inter-Miami. Guys, Phil Neville's Inter-Miami is in the MLS Cup playoffs, and I am just wrapping my head around that. Um, Orlando took a 2-1 win over Columbus, who kind of imploded um, as the season was winding down. Minnesota was doing their own imploding as well, um, but they were able to tie it all back together whenever they needed to um, the most. And then enter Miami with a one to three loss against Montreal, but still enough for them um, to get into the playoffs over Columbus crew. Um, Harvey, what, what do you think about the standings uh, in, in the East and um yeah, I don't know. Did you th- did you think Inter Miami was gonna make it? A stunner, a real stunner. If if you know, we we always go back, and especially Twitter, that one page that um, collects the receipts on everybody. But if we if we if if we finish up our predictions podcast from the very beginning of the season, and someone with a magic ball told us a minute later that both Orlando and Inter Miami and Cincinnati will make the playoffs. And that Inter Miami and Orlando would make the playoffs with the same record, same wins, same losses, same draws, and same points and goal differential record, you'd be crazy. But that's how it happened. And the reason Inter Miami is over Orlando is because uh, it's one of two things, actually. If, if, if I'm correct, if I stand corrected, I apologize. But Inter Miami scored three more goals than Orlando. But either way, they beat them 4 1 head-to-head about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Um, so that's key because Inter Miami had to go to NYCFC instead of Montreal, which Orlando has to do. But it's just a real stunner that the Sunshine State 
brings two teams in. Cincinnati makes their first ever playoff berth, and they're rolling. And, you know, there's, I guess at the top is, is also surprising given that Wilfred Nancy guided Montreal to second. Um, when really, if we probably predicted them probably grabbing seventh, maybe missing out on, on eighth place. But to clinch second with a team like that and with, with how he's done it, um, we'll give him some of the real consideration for uh, Coach of the Year. But yeah, this Eastern Conference, just as a whole, was, a, was stunning. Toronto misses out despite big signings. New England falters and Peters out. Uh, we'll get to Columbus in a bit, but, you know, Atlanta. Atlanta stumbles as well. And, and you know, D.C. United, D.C. United, but that's just how it went this Eastern Conference this year. You know, before we toss to Jamie, I... <laughs> I think it's very fitting the fact that Cincinnati and DC United play because, guys, it only took me like four years for Cincinnati. Four years of me saying every single season preview show, yeah, Cincinnati's going to make the playoffs. And then the one year, the one year, boys, that I say that they don't make the playoffs, they go ahead and make the playoffs. And then, of course, as Harvey knows, I made the decision, albeit I thought it was a good one after how they ended last season, of picking DC United as the top of the Eastern Conference. And as we know, they have been given the wooden spoon. 5-2 to two win for FC Cincinnati over DC United. So I hang my head in shame on my uh, season predictions this year. But I don't know. Maybe DC United will turn it around, make a signing or two. And maybe Wayne Rooney will make me believe in DC United again and put them in a playoff spot. But I don't think I'll ever put them at number one again. <laughs> Um, Jamie, thoughts on, on the Eastern Conference, how it shaped up? Well, yeah, you talked there about um, any potential hope for DC United. If Ravel Morrison can keep scoring screamers like that, then maybe there might be someone there, and obviously someone like Benteke as well, you know. Maybe it's not completely lost, but um, from the decision day point of view, I guess Miami and Orlando are the focus. But I'd say if you look at it from the whole season, as you both mentioned there, Cincinnati making the playoffs is the the biggest shock and I think the job Pat Noonan's done can't be understated he's put in such good work on the training field clearly if they're now a playoff team I think for me he'd probably be my um, coach of the year whereas there's the obvious ones at the top of the conferences whether it be Steve Trundle or Jim Curtin but I think yeah what Pat Noonan's done with such a poor team very impressive I think it was a Brenner hat-trick and an assist and Brandon Vasquez one goal and three assists so that duo is obviously obviously striking, firing at the right time, and along with Luciano Acosta, I think most teams will be will be fearful of what Cincinnati can do in the postseason. Whereas they may not be the sturdiest defensive unit, they can clearly score goals even if it is against a a, a spoon team in um, DC. So yeah, Cincinnati could definitely they were the shock team from the East. And then the one other thing I thought was on a sad note and almost not playoff related was with. Joseph Martinez in Atlanta, he didn't really get the get what could be a, a goodbye that he would have wanted. Didn't start the game, did come on, but um, those issues he's had with Gonzalo Pineda and um, I forget his name now, the sporting director. But um, there's been so many issues with him and the the hierarchy there that um, Carlos Bocanegra, that's it. So many issues there with him and the yeah the the staff off the field. So it's it's sad to see his torch burn out the way it has, given that he is arguably the most impact, probably is the most impactful player in their whole history. So, yeah, it's not what you'd want to say, especially as if you're an Atlanta United fan. But I think, yeah, in general, the East was was very good. And Cincinnati were, yeah, the, the team I admire on the most. Good stuff, Jamie. Guys, we're going to move on to um, Caleb Porter. He is the first head coach that has been relieved of his duties uh after decision day he was with the columbus crew from 2019 to 2022 this year um obviously as we know he was with the portland timbers for um i think it was like six years maybe um one mls cup there made the move to columbus a guy who's uh very well known in the coaching ranks in mls um any any thoughts e- either of you guys about um, Columbus firing him was it too soon was it the right call two two straight seasons they haven't made um, 
the the playoffs after winning MLS Cup back in uh, 2020 against my beloved Sounders. This had been coming if if you really, I guess, kind of like look through the results because they have crashed hard. Um, crashed hard. They crashed hard in their ways. They have dropped 11 points. 11 points during games in the 90th minute or later. And the and the one crusher was against Charlotte, where they're up 2-0, I believe. And they just petered out and suffered two goals. Um, one by Rios and then Chinyashiki in the 94th minute to lose that one. And then in this game, they take the lead against Orlando, away from Orlando with Derek Etienne, who picked up form late. And again, they drop points. Not only just any type of points, points that put, put them in the playoffs. So um, they suffered... Huge losses. People thought, um, as well as I did, that when they beat the Rebels uh, a week and a half ago, overcoming a one-goal deficit to score two goals with Derek Tengen and lead, that they would um, probably grab seventh. But the fact that they figured out so hard, they dropped many points. They had 16 draws, which was the most in all of MLS. Um, and the fact that um, they spent money on Kucho Hernandez to try to save them, it didn't work out. Um, shipping out Jesse's artists and Miguel Barry in attack. Um, maybe they could use the depth. Who knows? Um, but Lucas Alarion could not save them at all. Their midfield needs some work. They probably need more, um, more dynamism on the wings. Um, and maybe, I guess, more steel on defense next year. Uh, but next year is a big one for them. Uh, missing the playoffs in three or four years by, uh, is not good. Caleb Porter bought himself some time uh, winning MLS Cup. Um, granted, there was a, a, the COVID season, but whatever, he won the Cup. Um, that bought him some time. But uh, the fact that it's happened just uh, like this and so sudden, uh, it was the right move. And now they have they plan for a big offseason because they need to make the playoffs next year. Um, or else they're probably going to be like on a downward spiral. So next year's going to be a big for them. Uh, Jamie, is Gio Savarese out the door next, do you think? He may, he may well be, yeah. As, as Harvey touched on there, um, uh, Caleb Porter's had a, a rough rough couple of years in terms of missing out on the playoffs. And then Portland are another team who are they're like ingrained in the history of MLS and you almost assume they're going to they're gonna make the playoffs every year. So to... To fall short of that, and um, in quite spectacular fashion, they've had a lot of peaks and troughs this year. They've had spells, especially towards the end of the season, where they looked a very good team. And even when they haven't been able to get some of their best players on the pitch, they've still been able to get the job done. Like sort of Santiago Moreno have been propping them up, even as a a younger player in the absence of a of Valerian Blanco as well. So yeah, I think uh, Savarese could definitely be. Uh, have his head on the chopping board, but there's there's also there's a fair few MLS coaches you could probably touch on as being under pressure, and I wouldn't, although they don't necessarily have a history of being um, too brazen when it comes to getting rid of managers. Bruce Arena with the Revolution could be another one. There's been a lot of heavy investment this year, but I still think for coach of Bruce's experience, he may need to get his act together uh, ahead of next year. So although. Um, yeah, Gio Savarese could well be in trouble with the Timbers missing out in the playoffs. There are there are a few a few managers who were will have a lot of expectations on their shoulders going into the postseason. And real quick, uh, Jamie and Rachel, the one link between uh, the Columbus and Portland is that they have two of the older squads in the league. Um, Sebastian Blanco is going to be 35 next year. Darwin Espria is going to be 31 next year. Um, you can't have Jaroslav Nigoda finish the year with nine goals only and two assists, so they need more production from their forwards. Um, but they need to get a bit younger in some spots just to uh, at least you know have some more balance in the squad ranks. Um, maybe they promote some kids from the youth setup. I know that Columbus Crew 2 won, um, I believe it was MLS Next Pro um, in dominant fashion. So maybe Columbus is probably better off uh, in the future as, as opposed to Portland. But yeah, if Portland does miss the playoff next year, then I, I do see a world where um, Gio gets sacked 
um, which would be unfortunate because he's actually a really good coach. And so is Caleb Porter as well, but I don't know. Maybe he just needs new voices. Um, maybe just another cycle to freshen up the squad is what's needed in the transfer window. But we'll see how it goes. Good stuff, guys. Uh, we're going to move on and talk about our favorite time of the year, but also our saddest time of the year because that means the season is almost over. Um, MLS Cup playoffs coming up soon. Bracket is out. The seeds are set, and we are we're pretty much ready to roll. So we're just going to give you guys um, little previews of what we're what we're looking for in the matches, what we expect, and and then of course at the end um, at the end of the night we'll be doing pickums. Um, so LAFC, Philadelphia, they're the first seeds in their respective sides of the bracket. They both get a buy. So first up. In the Western Conference, I feel like we always talk about the East first, so we're going to talk about the West first today. Um, Jamie, go ahead and give us your thoughts on um, LA and Nashville, and then when, when he's done, Harvey, you're up with uh, FC Dallas and, and Minnesota. It it could it could almost be a cop out answer to say that it it really could go either way, but I think that's always the the beauty of the MLS playoffs is that no one really knows what's going to happen. A team like RSL can do what they did last year or the inform, not sure which it was, where they just kept going and kept going, no matter how many, how few shots they had. So, again, yeah, this uh, Galaxy Nashville game could go either way. I think the the main incentive for the LA Galaxy will be win this, and in the next round they will face their, their city rivals, LAFC, which would be fascinating to have, a, you could almost say, an early stage in the playoffs. But, um, yeah, uh, although they both made it in, it went down to to decision day for the pair and they both got wins on the road galaxy winning in houston with uh scoring three goals ricky pooj um chicharito and dan Jovalich. so three players you need to be firing if, if you're a team like the galaxy going into the postseason and then whereas nashville their their main man's obviously hanny Mukhtar, but it was teal bunbury who got the goal in la against lafc so another another mls veteran you've got there and um yeah, I think obviously when you play LFC, the the headlines are going to be there, dominated by whether it be Vea, who I think went off injured, or Bale, or players like that. But um, Nashville, they're always they're always improving year on year under Gary Smith, slowly plodding along. And I think they're they're beyond the stage now where they would be considered a dark horse for any major honours given that um, they've got Hani Mukhtar, who is um, for most people's money the MVP this year. Obviously, it's pretty much between him and Sebastian Drusi of Austin. But I think, I think yeah, a fair few people seem like on social media, they're giving the nod to Mukhtar. So, yeah, when you've got an MVP caliber player, you definitely can't be considered a dark horse for MLS Cup. But, um, yeah, they've had they've had a few issues this year, whether it be CJ Sapong not being as productive as he was last year and needing other players to, to step in around Mukhtar. But, um They've still got that experience through the spine, whether it be uh, Walker Zimmerman at the back and then Dax McCarty in midfield, who, uh, for my money, definitely should have seen red in this one against LAFC, which have had would have had major ramifications. I think um, it was Chicho Rongo or Buanga who was clear through and got pulled down. And, uh, yeah, there was a lot of controversy over that decision. But, um, yeah, I think if I, had to, if I had to lean towards one way or another, it's probably i'd probably fall on the side of nashville it's, yeah two two very good sides on their day with um with the attacking talent to cause a lot of threat the headline will be Mukhtar against chicharito but they do have their, their their pieces here and there that are, are very strong in this league and so yeah it's one of those where um it's a good advert for the western conference and mls really when you've got a fair amount of national team players a fair amount of top quality players i think a lot of people have been shocked that someone of the quality of Ricky Pooch has uh, not dropped down, but come over to the MLS and he's shown what he's about. And there's already talk about him earning a move back to Europe, whether it be a, maybe a, a Europa League standard team or a, even a Champions League standard team, given how well he's performed and the reputation he held at Barcelona. So I think, but yeah, there's definitely there's talent on, on display on both sides of the field. Um, Gary Smith, uh, a new manager to the league, when you compare him to someone with the experience of Greg Vanny, so I think I think it'll definitely be a, a fascinating wow. encounter. And then, yeah, the the added incentive is the chance to um, 
cause almost an upset when you play the the Shield winning um, LAFC in the next round. Yeah, just to roll over a little bit into uh, FC Dallas, Minnesota. I know that uh, Jamie mentioned this this could be a good uh, advert for the Western Conference. This game is going to be a good advert for the league as a whole. This is my pick for the best game of the first round. I am excited for this. Manuel Reynoso, Ariola, Jesus Ferreira, leading scorer, Paxton Pomico in midfield. This is going to be fun. FC Dallas is going to be home for the first time, I believe, since 2018 in the playoffs. And they haven't won a playoff game since the 2020 season when they beat Portland in penalties. Um, two teams that really don't have much success historically in the playoffs. Um, Minnesota uh, petered out against, I believe, Sporting Kansas City last year. Um, but the fact that you have... Emmanuel Reneso for Minnesota. You have Jesus Ferrer for FC Dallas. You have both teams who beat each other in the regular season. FC Dallas went to Minnesota on September a month ago and won 3-0. Minnesota went to Dallas early in the season in May and won 2-1. It's going to be really intriguing to see how tactically uh, Nico Estevez and, um, and Adrian Heath set up tactically. And the fact that it's at 9.30 at night, I get to chill out and see this game in prime time is a banger. I am looking very much forward to this game. And the winner of this game plays the the 2-7, I believe, in uh, Austin and RSL. That's going to be really tasty, and I can't wait for it. I think, Jamie, you hit on a good point for... Austin and RSL game RSL last year they they kind of squeaked into the playoffs as well and so this year they did it again um and I think right now they just have all the confidence in the world beating a, a decent Portland Timbers team um so I think they're going to go into Austin obviously they're going in as the underdogs um but I think that they could give Austin a, a pretty hard time um I've been pretty pretty critical of Austin the whole year but it is kind of funny you guys were mentioning how um, Pat Noonan's FC Cincinnati would possibly be your pick for the um, MLS coach of the year. And while he is most definitely a good shout, I would also throw Josh Wolf's name in, in that ring as well. I think that he has done a lot of really good for this Austin FC team um, in a very short period of time um, that he has had with the team. So I think that I think RSL is going to go into Austin Q2 Stadium Really great atmosphere always down there for Austin FC, but I think that RSL is going to give them a little bit of a shake, but at the same time, I don't see them quite taking the win. I do think it's one of those games that's going to be chippy. It's going to it's going to be like an 85th or 84th minute um, game-winning goal from, from Austin FC, I think. Um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means um, whatsoever. We're going to move over to the Eastern Conference, and the only person here who has a team in the playoffs, um, Harvey's New York Red Bulls. Again, he he said a little earlier, FC Cincinnati has been hot this year. Um, so, Harvey, are you nervous for this match? What's going on? And and will the Red Bulls? They're technically the higher ranked seed. Are, are they gonna Are they gonna pull it off at home? I hope so, because as Jamie said, it that front three is as scary as it gets in the league, and you should be worried. Um, I am worried. I'm very much worried. This is the most even matchup of the first round, in my opinion. Four or five, even by speeding, or just by the way you look at them play style-wise. Um, Cincinnati can cut you apart. Acosta, Brenner had a hat-trick. Uh, Vasquez is scoring goals for fun. This team, Cincinnati, scored 64 goals. Only Philly, um, Austin, and LAFC have scored more. And Winner plays Philly, um, so that's not going to be an easy task, uh, whoever gets out of this. And there's two things of note, and that is that one is that both games between the teams finished 1-1. Um, in Cincinnati, it was a very heated game in Cincinnati. Um, you had a red card by Luciano Costa at the end of the, of the game, but that was in total, I believe, four? Actually, no. Seven, six yellow cards, two red cards in the game earlier this year back in 
in August. And then in October, I was there for that one. Matt Miazga came back. Um, he's been great for that defense. He scored against the Rebels and Harrison early in the year. And then the Rebels put their back level to, to equalize 1-1 in July. Uh, this game will be even, as I mentioned before. And while Cincinnati's lineup is pretty much all set, the Rebels and Gerhard Struber have some big decisions to make. Because Elias Manuel scored a brace against Charlotte the other day. He was in the team of the week, his first two goals of the league. He's, he's going to start over Patrick Lamalo, who's been struggling with injury and with form and fitness to get back in the starting lineup. Who plays our right back? Is it Dylan Nealis? Or does he go with Kyle Duncan? Because Cameron Harper just won't get minutes at all. Does Lucinius play more in the middle or is he more uh, in the wing? Because if Gerard Struber plays, as I would think, a 3-4-3, then the team almost makes itself. Other than who starts at striker, who starts at right wing back, and who starts alongside Daniel Edelman? Is it Christian Casares Jr., who's been dealing with a leg problem? Or does he go with the former Cincinnati player and number one draft pick, Frankie Amayo, who's been great this year? Um, struggled with a bit of form, but he played well against Charlotte the other day. And then we'll see because while Cincinnati creates a bunch of chances, the Rebels don't really create much from open play. And um, it's going to be interesting to see also how it deals with set pieces. Um, and everybody, especially you, Jamie, need to get up early for this game. It's going to be at noon for whatever reason. It's going to be bright and early. And I'm not sure if you saw this, Jamie, or Rachel, but um, it was very tight, in my opinion. But Steve Cooper was almost sacked uh, by Nottingham Forest, and they just decided to stick with him. And the one man that was linked uh, with the Nottingham Forest job, if Steve Cooper was to be released, was Gerhard Struber. Now, if for some odd reason um, he just gets sacked, because honestly, he might be on thin ice. He's already on thin ice with the fan base, Gerhard Struber. And if they go one and done again, remember, this team hasn't hosted a playoff game since 2018. They also haven't won a game. Um, home or away since 2018 when they beat Columbus in two legs. Um, 2019 lost to Philly. 2020 lost to Columbus. 2021, uh, they lost to Philly again. And the winner plays Philly, as I mentioned before. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but Steve Bruce was let go by, by West Brom this morning. And, you know, people like managers that work with youngsters and George Struber has a reputation of such. Um, especially with this squad, getting the most out of them to secure fourth in a home playoff game. But if they go one and done again at home, um, the fans might call for his head, um, given how, how how they've been slumping um, as of late to create uh, to create chances and score more than a goal on many occasions. Um, so it's going to be really tight. If there's a game that can that's almost certain to go to extra time, it's this one. Uh, penalties may be yeah, maybe a bit of a stretch given how dynamic the subs might be. Um, but this is the most even matchup of the first round, in my opinion. So um, I hope the Rebels can pull it out. I'm not as confident as even the most diehard fan. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Interesting, the playoff setup. I've got the next game. Um, it's a Monday night game. So we've got... Um, we've got Monday night football, um, going on. Um, I will, I will see myself out for that terrible joke. <laughs> no, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. It's a Monday night. Of all things, a playoff game on a Monday night. You know, let me just save it for the last word. Go ahead, Rachel. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good, my man. That I'm, I'm with you. If anything is like, you know what? And it is, uh, pretty sure the game too is like another Broncos game. So nobody wants to watch that. Watch soccer instead, folks. Don't watch the, uh, struggling, fighting Russell Wilsons. Um, let's ride. Let's, uh, let's ride, Broncos Nation. Uh, New York City FC taking on Inter-Miami on Monday night. That's Phil Neville's Inter-Miami. Um, obviously, New York City FC is the higher seed. Um, I do think, again, this is a, a very similar matchup to um, Austin FC and, and RSL. I think Inter-Miami's coming in here with a lot of fighting spirit. Um, and if there's any player truly in the world that I would want in my locker room to just kind of like hype up my team, get them ready, get them excited, excuse me, get them excited, say, let's ride. (laughs) 
it would absolutely be DeAndre Yedlin. I think DeAndre Yedlin has stepped into this team and has really this year stepped up in more of a leadership role to help the team. Um, and, and I think that they've really benefited from that. The Higuain brothers have been doing really well for them, of course. Uh, I think it was Gonzalo's the one on his way out um, for retirement, Gonzalo Higuain. So, of course, he wants to go out and he's going to fight nail and tooth every single step of the way. Um, to try to go out with an MLS Cup trophy. Um, but I, I still think, I don't know. I've been very back and forth on New York City FC. Um, of course, you know, they don't have their star, uh, Tati Castellanos, anymore. Uh, he went on loan during the summer transfer window. Um, and I don't think that has helped them. I do think they have some guys stepping up every once in a while, but I don't think they have somebody stepping up just as consistently in that role for them. I will say if there is any game that I feel the most comfortable taking the underdog in, it would probably be this one. Um, so I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, right. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, as we know, with my DC United pick, I haven't made the best this year. So we'll just see, we're just going to have to see about that. Um, Last but not least, it is a Sunday night, Sunday night football, Sunday night football game between Montreal, CF Montreal, and Orlando City, the U.S. Open Cup champions, who kind of just squeaked into the playoffs um, by the skin of their teeth, uh, one spot ahead of the Columbus crew. Jamie, just some thoughts on this one, sir. I may get some pushback on on this from you, too. I don't know what your opinions are, but I would say, for my money, this is the most one-sided um, game we have in the playoffs so far with Montreal being heavy favourites in my eyes. I don't really see a world in which Orlando do win. As you said there, Rachel, uh, edged out Columbus on the final day, although I would say a, a below-par Columbus side, which has obviously led to the, the dismissal of Caleb Porter. Um, John Fermenza, one of the more experienced defenders in the league, uh, was just came flying up the line for that first goal pointlessly, very out of character, and then um, Orlando were just able to playing behind, I think it was Junior Erso, they got the goal. And then their big issue at the moment is the, the injuries at centre-back. Antonio Carlos, regarded by many in the league as, as one of the best, but he's he's been out. Um, Robin Janssen out as well, so there's almost a, an experiment against the crew from Oscar Bereja with um, Jan Moutinho playing at full-back um, alongside uh, Rodrigo Slagel, who can be a bit of a liability on his own at times, I think. That Orlando backline, who knows whether Carlos and Jansen will be back in the mix by by the weekend. But as it stands, it's quite a makeshift backline and could be one that's quite open to a, a very strong Montreal frontline who themselves have had some injury issues. Uh, Georgi Mihailovic, who a few months ago was performing as one of the best players in the league, but then had yeah injuries. Um, had There was consideration about whether he might uh, make the move aboard then, but he's still with the team as it stands, and um, he'll be, you'd imagine, one of the one of the key performers throughout the whole playoffs across the whole division, with um, him and Kai Kamara. Kai Kamara is uh, another another legendary player in this league who's who's defied age really, and um, just been uh, so clinical and helpful for this Montreal team when they've had those injuries. Kai Kamara and then Romel Kyoto have been the two key attacking threats in the absence of um, Georgia Mihailovic. Mason Toy has been sidelined for a fair bit this year as well. So, um, yeah, I think this Montreal team are constantly building year on year under Wilfred Nancy there. They're constantly getting to that next level. And um, with Mihailovic's future um, elsewhere, this is this is the year they've got to, they've got to properly make use of it. They're, they're not one of like, the highest teams when it comes to budget, but um, they've clearly got the spirit and the, the ability on the pitch under Nancy at the moment. So this is, uh, yeah, this is the year in my eyes that Montreal have got, really got to make something happen. And I think they'll they'll get it off to a very strong start against, yeah, for my money, which what is a poor Orlando side might be harsh considering they are in the playoffs at the expense of New England and Columbus and Atlanta and all those sort of teams because they've clearly got the job done. But um, yeah, Orlando against Montreal is the most one-sided playoff matchup in my eyes. And I think, yeah, Montreal will prevail with relative ease and then they go on to face the winner of NYCFC in Miami. Good stuff there, Jamie. Um, 
Well, for Nancy, I always forget about him as well. I think he he certainly is one that goes under the radar and could possibly get a shot for um, Coach of the Year as well. Um, I do think Pat Noonan is certainly the front runner, but a couple a couple of good names in there that could that could potentially get tossed in there. Um, guys, we're gonna do pickums. So what we're gonna do is I'm gonna read off the match and then I'm gonna ask you guys for your final score prediction and. We're going to see who we have moving on in MLS Cup playoffs. So we'll start. We're going to go in chronological order here for the games. Um, So we're going to start Saturday, October 15th at 12 p.m. noon. Um, Looks like it's on MSG Zone 1. Hopefully there's another option for folks trying to watch this game. Um, New York Red Bulls, FC Cincinnati. Uh, We're going to start with Sir Harvey Cruz. No, this is this could be, I think this could be the last broadcast between Steve Candelosi and Shep Messing, um, which would be a real bummer as part of the Apple TV deal for MLS next year because us local fans love our local broadcasters and they have been legends for over a decade now. But as far as the game goes, I will go Red Bulls two one in extra time. I just can't see this game um, not. Uh, uh, must have done like a double negative just now. I just, I just can't see this game finishing inside the 90 minutes, um, given how the team set up. Uh, the three attackers, uh, Costa, Brenner, and Vasquez against the three defenders of Nealis, Long, and Reyes. It's going to be real interesting to see. Um, if there is an X factor in this game, it's in midfield. And it's also in goalkeeper because Carlos Carvernau stepped up pretty big in moments this year, and um, you can't uh, dismiss um, Roman Celentano as well, young goalkeeper who's 22 as well. Um, so that's going to be really interesting to see uh, how the game goes. But I will go Red Bulls 2-1 in extra time. Jamie, who you got? First, just to, to echo what Harvey said about the, the, the loss of the local broadcast, whereas with Apple TV, it's quite a big bonus for me over here because I think it means... I'll be able to watch a lot more MLS, which obviously I'm very happy about. But from a New England point of view, um, Brad Feldman and Charlie Davis have done a very good job. So shame to see, yeah, the local broadcasts giving way. But obviously, the league's always evolving in a positive way. But um, yeah, to the game at hand, I think I think I'm probably gonna lean towards Cincinnati. I think that that attacking trio is 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 hard to turn down. Harvey spoken in detail about the issues that the Red Bulls have had in the playoffs in previous years. And although this is a new group in 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 the most part, so it may not actually affect them, I just think, yeah, I think Cincinnati will continue to, to shock people. And I'll say, I'll say a, a 2-1 to Cincinnati, but in, in 90 minutes. I think after 90 minutes, the score is going to be 2-2. And then... I'm sorry, Harv. I'm going to give Cincinnati the game-winning goal in extra time. But would not be sad to see New York Red Bulls take the dub. So apologies to our friend Harvey Cruz for that one. Um, in the Western Conference at 3 p.m. E- all times are Eastern, by the way, that I'm stating here, folks. Um, 3 p.m. Eastern time on. Let's see what we've got here. We have... No TV listing at all for this game so far, so that one is TBD. Um, but we have LA Galaxy hosting Nashville SC. Um, Jamie, we'll start with you this time. Who you got? Uh, I, I, I spoke about it earlier as a, as a, a matchup of um, two teams that on the day are, are very effective going forward, particularly with this. Yeah, as I headlined it being, you could say, Chitarujo against Hani Mukhtar. And um, it's, yeah, it's... it's a cop out as I was saying earlier, but it's like every game really it's hard to call. But I'd if I had to, if I was pushed, I'd probably lean towards uh, Nashville getting the job done. I think um when Mukhtar's on his day, which seems to be most weeks this year in MLS, he's pretty unplayable and it's been well documented some of the defensive issues that the Galaxy have experienced over the course of the season. So I would say um say Nashville to get it done after extra time. Ooh, Nashville LA. By the way, uh um Rachel, it's gonna be on Unimas if anyone has Unimas. Also, the Rebels game I believe will also be in Unimas as well as MSG. 
Um, and the local broadcast for LA Galaxy, which I believe is, I forgot the network. I won't even try. But uh, I will go. I will go with Nashville in this game. I just believe in the Golden Boot winner, Haney Muchard, to take over this game. Um, it should be a real strikers battle between Chicharito and Haney Muchard. Um, but don't count out uh, Joe Willis. His 14 saves against LAFC the other day. Um, I will pick LAF, uh, LAFC. I will pick Nashville. Uh, 2-0. I'll go with the shutout. 2-0 uh, away. I'm with you guys on this one. With uh, with Seattle out, boys, I need a team to root for. Um, good friend of mine, Taylor Washington, plays for Nashville SC, so um, definitely going to be pulling for them to get the dub. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go two to one in this game. I'm going to go Nashville two to one um, over the LA Galaxy. So we got a clean, a clean, clean, clean sleep there. I don't know. I'm trying to use baseball terminology. I'm getting there. Um, on Sunday. Sunday at 3 p.m. We have Austin FC taking on Real Salt Lake. Talked about this a little bit earlier. Said that this one is, I think it's a little bit easier to call for Austin FC for me. Um, I'm going to take Austin. um, But I think this one is going to go into extra time. And I think that it's going to be a 1-1 scoreline after 90 minutes. And then Austin FC gets a uh, extra extra time goal. Um, Jamie, who you got? I think, yeah, on paper, it, it's hard to look past Austin, but I think having um, spoken about what I did earlier about RSL's recent history of playoff success, I'm going to play devil's advocate and suggest that RSL get the job done on penalties after a 2-2 after 120 minutes, and then, yeah, onto penalties with RSL prevailing as, as we saw them do last year. Forgot to mention this game is on big ABC, so be sure to check that out. Harvey Cruz, who you got? This should be a sneaky good game in terms of atmosphere and in terms of attacking talent on display. Sebastian Juricy is a monster. I will go Austin FC 3-2 and extra time. Awesome. Going to move on to the Sunday night football game. Although Sunday night's actual NFL football game is is a pretty decent game. I think it's Cowboys and Eagles, um, which is always a good rivalry. Um, Harvey, I know you'll be paying close attention to that because of your New York Giants. Um, Montreal and Orlando City, you better get the the dual monitors out for this one, Harvey. Who you got and why? Montreal and Orlando City. Yeah, um, Jamie said it right. This could be the most one lopsided matchup just because Orlando have really relied heavily on what should be, in my opinion, the newcomer of the year, Facundo Torres, to get them out of stuff. Um, so I will go Montreal 3-1 inside the 90. Um, the high level should score um, with Renancy to put on a tactical masterclass. Um, I just don't think Orlando have enough in defense to shut down Montreal. And that stadium will be rocking the Stats of Pudo, which, are the, which has been a really good home field this year. Montreal 3-1. This game is on big ESPN. Jamie, you talked about this a little earlier. Who you got? Yeah, after what I'd said, it'd be it'd be wrong if I didn't go for a somewhat comprehensive Montreal win. And I had in my mind 4-0, but now that Harvey's mentioned, yeah, how good Fundo Torres has been. So I rec- I'll say he'll score a goal, a very special goal. But yeah, I'm going to say 4-1 to Montreal. Kai Kamara to get a couple more goals to carry on an amazing year and um yeah this to be the first step towards montreal getting to mls cup is my prediction give me chaos or give me death gonna go three to two with a kai kamara brace um montreal and orlando i think orlando has enough grit to kind of keep it close but don't think they're gonna quite get the dub um on the road in the chilly north it's starting to get cold up here um, I am no longer in Orlando anymore. I'm back in Pittsburgh, and boy, I'm kind of feeling it. Um, Monday Night Football, everyone, take my advice. Do not watch the Broncos. Do not, do not, do not watch the Broncos. Watch New York City FC at 7 o'clock against Inter-Miami on FS1. Um, I, I'm going to go with this one because I think I think it's going to be the bold prediction here, but I'm going to go... I'm going to go Inter-Miami 2-1, to one, um, but I do think it ends in, in 90 minutes. So 
Um, I, I always have to have one upset. Um, my March Madness brackets are usually quite chaotic. Um, so I got to have at least one upset in the opening round. So I'm going to go 2-1 into uh, Miami. Um, Harvey, who you got? I will also go 2-1 into Miami. This is my upset of the round, of the first round. Um, I just don't see a way where in, where NYCFC – it's going to sound a bit funny, but I just don't see a way where they can finish their chances. They will create a lot, but I don't think they finish enough chances. And I think Inter Miami will be inspired by Iguain and the fact that um, they lost 3-1 to Montreal to finish the year. But they'll be um, inspired by guys like Iguain, Lasseter. Lasseter has had a really good year. And um, and we'll see if Alejandro Pozzello will be fit for this game because he's a real big piece for them. But they're looking really good at the moment. Phil Neville has this team ticking um, in the up- upwards. And so I will go 2-1 into Miami. Jamie, are you with us? Most definitely not. Most definitely not. You two are lucky my camera's not working at the moment because I'm giving you evils. Anyone rooting for a Phil Neville team, not happy. No, but in all seriousness, yeah, I can't take away that Inter Miami have had a very good year. Whether I like the manager or not, they have been a much improved side. But I am just going to, maybe my um my bias is holding on, but I think it will be, I don't think it will be the best games, but I think um NYCFC will nick it 1-0 and yet yeah, uh, a game to be forgotten quickly. A game to be forgotten quickly. Love it. Um, but thankfully, you don't have to worry about Phil Neville too much more. You guys have Serena Viegman in charge of your of your lionesses. So you are in very, very good hands, as the summer showed us. Um, and then staying... Showed us. Yeah, absolutely. Don't touch that dial, folks, because on FS1, right after uh, the Eastern Conference game, we got the Western Conference game between FC Dallas Minnesota United. Jamie, you talked... Um, I think you talked about this one. I might be going crazy here. Um, one of y'all talked about this one. Did I, I talk about this? One. I don't know. Who knows? God, it's been a long day. Um, uh, Harvey, if you talked about this, but you're nodding your head, yes. Um, please feel free to take the reins on this one first and foremost. Yeah, like I mentioned, this is my uh, favorite game of the first round. Um, Wendell Reynoso, Jesus Ferreira, Nico Estevez against Adrian Heath. Um, home FC Dallas home for the first time in a while in the playoffs, at least in 2018. So I will go with FC Dallas, the more exciting attack and the more, uh, I guess, reassured in goal and in midfield. Um, Emmanuel Reynoso is an awesome baller, but him alone, maybe with some help, Fragapane and Robin Lud can probably carry the night. But I will go FC Dallas uh, 2-1 in extra time. Jamie. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with what Harvey was saying, that it could definitely be a, a game to watch out for with all the matchups all over the field. And um, although I think it will end up being quite a tight game on the field. I think there's there's definitely a lot of likeable players here for me. Um, big fan of um, Nkosi Tafari with his style off of the pitch with Dallas. And then also um, quite like Sebastian Jett with his with his form on the field, although not much of it came in New England, sadly. But yeah, I'm gonna gonna go for another one nil in favor of FC Dallas, and I'll say Sebastian Ojet will score again as he did on decision day. Dark uh, horses, by the way, everyone loves dark horse. You just read all the articles, and everyone everyone picks out the dark horses. My dark horses, uh, not that anybody cares about. Uh, the winner of FC Dallas in Minnesota will be a dark horse uh, to carry on and possibly make the conference final. And the Rebel Cincinnati winner will also be a dark horse, in my opinion, in the Eastern Conference um, to carry on possibly make the conference final. Um, Philly's looking good. That's, here's, here's a bit of a hot take now that I'm on this ramble. This, this year saw the best Philadelphia Union team in their history, better than their Supporter Shield team. I don't care if that, that team won in a Kobe or not. That that 2020 team is not as good as this uh, this year's team. Um, so that's my hot take. But uh, dark horses will be Red Bulls, Cincinnati winner, and FC Dallas, Minnesota winner. I like what um, FC Dallas, to to your point, Harvey, has been doing in the last 
um, few years. I think they've been really, really solid. Um, they've been very sneakily solid, very under the radar. Uh, FC Dallas has never really been like a flashy team. Um, they kind of just put their head down at work. And so I'm going to give them the three, nothing win here over Minnesota, Minnesota. Good Lord. Um, and then that'll, that'll wrap up the Western and, and the Western conference playoffs and the, um, in the Eastern Conference side for the very first round. So, gentlemen, well done. We will see how our predictions hold up. Um, and with that said, we are we're just gonna jump right into last words. Um, so we're gonna start with Jamie if you'd like to tell the nice folks where we can follow you. Oh my god, guys, I cannot talk today. Um, follow you on Twitter. Um, and just and any last words. Uh so my Twitter at is a uh, rookiejnr 13 and you can find all my all my coverage from the uh, Lionesses win the other day over the US at Wembley. I was in attendance, great day out, and as Rachel mentioned, the following morning, 9am, go to get a coffee and hear an American accent behind me and turn around and see um, Lindsay Horan, which was, yeah, very surreal as a big fan. So, yeah, that was very cool. So, um, yeah, any coverage of the Lionesses and also the Revolution. I've got um, just done an interview with... Matt Poulter the other day tried to get that one out before the season's done and it got it all sorted so hoping to publish that tomorrow so stay tuned for revolution content going into the the off season and thank you for anyone that's read what I've written in my first full year as the the beat writer for New England. We're super super happy to have you looking forward to many many more. Um, Harvey why before you tell the nice folks about your Twitter and your take on mls scheduling um why don't you tell folks about our awesome ads 100 percent. look thanks to our sponsor roughneck scarves the official scarf supplier of the mls usl and us soccer get your custom scarves today asap for your group of team at roughneckscarves.com and also if you're tired of the same old uniforms and cleat color templates from nike and adidas like myself sometimes then look for a unique Completely custom kit for your youth club, summer league squad, adult, or even a pro team at Icarus FC. They can help you create the KV dreams at an affordable price with the model, any design you want. Seriously, let them help you design your new kit today at IcarusFC.com. My last words are pretty heated ones. Um, I have been wanting uh, for this day for a long time on Saturday. And that is to be at the Rebels game, but it will not happen. Why? Because I am going to be at work, and that's just how it is. But the fact that a game in the East Coast with a Jersey team slash New York team, whatever you want to call it, is at noon. At noon on a Saturday. Forget the fact that it's opening the, the MLS Cup playoffs. The fact that it's at noon on the East Coast in a stadium that has had trouble filling out and selling out all throughout the season in the past couple of years, that opens up the MLS Cup playoffs is a horrible decision by the league to do so. You're going to get people that won't be there because of work. You might alienate the diehard supporters. You probably will. That either have to maneuver things to get to the game or simply can't make the game because, like me, they have work or they just have something busier to do. And they just can't fit it in. So having that at noon is horrible decision number one. Horrible decision number two is having NYCFC into Miami on a Monday night in that same stadium at Red Bull Arena. Have you noticed NYCFC can't sell out their games no matter where they play? I don't give it Yankee Stadium, City Field, Red Bull Arena. It's not going to be pretty a pretty viewing when you have at the stadium filled with NYCFC fans, and it's not going to be that many. And the fact that it's on Monday night on prime time, and you have the Rebels playing Sunday, Saturday in the, in the noon, horrible decision. Horrible decision. They should have taken a page out of baseball. You know what baseball did this year? 12 o'clock baseball game. Um, but they had it, guess what? They had it in St. Louis. And, no, I'm sorry, not St. Louis, in Cleveland. Um, and then guess what? 2.30, 4 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock. They roll down four games in a row, and you want to play around with Saturday, Sunday, and Monday? 
if your KOR ratings is not going to happen that much. They're, those ratings are not going to be as hot as you think they are. When you got to battle Monday night football, Sunday night football, Saturday night college football, um, what else? WWE Raw on Monday nights, uh, Saturday UFC pay-per-views, boxing, whatever. Hey, good luck trying to get those big ratings that you, that you think they're trying to get. Having an East Coast team play at noon on the weekend is horrible. And then having that same stadium host an NYCFC team against Inter Miami, not going to be pretty Monday night. I bet you. Don't come crying to me and saying, hey, how come this happened and that happened when you should have known this from the beginning? Whatever. Those are my, my part, last words, part one. Part two is one of the best moments in in all of my life happened this morning. I'm at BJ's Wholesale Club, um, and I see my sixth grade teacher, Miss Furlong. I noticed uh, from her gray hair. Um, she was my former sixth grade teacher. She was my former teacher for 31 years, and I surprised her with a high, and we hugged, and we chopped it up for a few minutes. My mom thankfully got some pictures. They're on my Instagram. If you follow my Instagram, um, at Sir Harvey Cruz and at, at Sir Harvey Cruz on Twitter. Um, you can see the pictures on my Instagram instead of my Twitter. I have it on Instagram on my stories. Awesome stuff from her. Uh, 31 years as a teacher. She was my teacher for sixth grade. She taught me social studies and reading. Um, and she was awesome. And she still lives around the area, thankfully. And I just got to say one last thing. If you see any teachers that have uh, motivated you or inspired you in life, uh, in person or up front, um, chop them up, chop it up with them, uh, check them out, and um, yeah, converse with them because those are uh, the best ways in life. You know, um, we need our teachers. Um, we need our teachers. We need our educators. We need our professors and lot because they carry us through through basically through our adolescence and through our young young uh, through our young childhood. Um, not all teachers are good teachers, um, but the good ones are, are the ones that really make you uh, think and help you power through and teach you skills. So uh, Miss Frong did that for me, and thank God I got to see her. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, MLS scheduling stinks. Stinks on ice. But hug your teachers, though. Your teachers are cool. That's so crazy because I, I went to um, the pumpkin patch today with my boyfriend, Luke, and... We saw my high school physics teacher, and she was awesome. She was really cool. Um, even though physics wasn't my favorite class, she was a very nice lady, and I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed, I enjoyed her a lot. She was really, really awesome. Um, so I got to talk to her, um, and it was crazy because like when I was in school, um, I think it was, I think it was like the year after I, I graduated. Maybe she had a she had a daughter, and um, or she might have been pregnant when I was still in school. And like her kid's like six years old now. I was like, oh my God, that's crazy. Um, just a couple quick hitters for me. I'm on Twitter at Rachel Krigger, a two A's in my name, not just one. Um, and, and one of the greatest joys in my life has been coaching. And just wanted to share a happy national coaching day. It was this past week to all of those that coach, especially coach in, in the youth leagues. Um, kids, kids need supportive role models um i learned that every single day in my job as a youth minister and hopefully i'm i'm bringing something good to them by sharing the faith with them um and hopefully i'm bringing something good to my students um at our lady of fatima hopefully hopefully i brought something good down in florida at bt um but i i, I truly love coaching and i got to see um one of my students tonight uh, actually, two of my students tonight for their high school soccer team, seven to two boys, seven to two dub. Um, and one of my students was a starting goalkeeper. So um, a big kudos to uh, Tessa and Ashley for making me feel old. Um, no, but but seriously, for for representing our school um, and just and just really being awesome and, and great student athletes. Also, just wanted to share that. Um, in addition to the Sally Yates report, the NWSL joint investigation with the um, league and the NWSL Players Association is still ongoing. Um, but today, news was announced that Amanda Cromwell and Sam Green 
um, who have been on suspension for like at least four months now, um, were officially fired from their jobs. Um, and they have to do, you know, training and all kinds of stuff. And they are not allowed to coach in the NWSL again until they um, either get permission from the commissioner or, you know, basically that that's the golden rule. You have to get permission from the commissioner. And then there's a couple other different things. Um, but just it, it for for those in women's soccer, it's going to be it's going to be a long couple months here, um, obviously. There, there's going to be a lot coming out from this um, joint investigation. You know, still stuff coming out from Louisville, from Portland, from also from Houston with James Clarkson and with, you know, Washington with Richie Burke, um, Gotham with Elise LeHue. Um, so there's going to be a lot. So just kind of take your time with it. Um, for myself, I haven't even finished the Yates report yet. Um, it came out on my birthday last Monday, and I was like, I'm absolutely not reading this on my birthday. Um and so I started reading it the next day, but I haven't really gotten through with it yet. Just it's it's hard to read. So take your time with it um, and just, you know, take it. Take it at your own pace, um, but that's going to do it for our show tonight. Just again, as as Harvey said, want to thank our awesome sponsors, Icarus FC, Roughneck Scarves. Um, thank you to Last Word on Soccer. Thank you to the Beautiful Game Network. Um, that is all for us this week. Uh, show will be up on Tuesday and We'll see y'all after the first round of MLS Cup playoffs. Peace.